0: Well, hey guys, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast and it is Fearless Friday. It's one of my favorite days because I get to introduce you to some of my fearless friends, that are making their life matter for the kingdom. And today I am welcoming my fearless friend, Sione Rodriguez. I got to hear her powerful story in Romania when we went on a missions trip there. And I just knew that you would absolutely love her and love not only hearing how she has overcome such adversity in her life, but how God has redeemed her story And now she is a powerful, powerful force for the kingdom of God. Sione is active in the fight against human trafficking and all other human right violations. She's a committed advocate. For women who have been sexually assaulted or victims of domestic violence. She's the author of three times sold and rebuilding what was destroyed. She shares her powerful personal story of survival, faith and forgiveness with us today to now use her voice to champion others. Welcome, Sioni. I'm so honored to have you here on the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for bringing in, Angela. I really. Enjoyed to be able to speak to you today well i think the
0: world of you we had such a wild experience in romania the best of the best the the crazy experiences i was sick and you guys put up with me and we still ministered we ministered in villages we ministered in the conferences because you hold a degree in religious Christian counseling as a background. You specialize in mental health coaching, behavioral health disorders. And in Romania, you were there as a member of a time beyond survival international ministries a time to heal so talk a little bit about the work that you've done with them and then i want us to dive in and talk about your story but i'd love for you to share some of how you are using this background you have in counseling and coaching to to minister and see others
1: healed and made whole of course um, so with a time to heal beyond survival international ministries we're uh, we go to, like you say, we went to Romania. We're able to minister women. We're able to, to have these, uh, beautiful conference arise. Now we're using this conference here in America. And, um, and so what we do is, um, we had these small groups that, uh, we do, um, I do twice a year and they call a time to heal beyond, beyond, um, groups and we, Pretty much deal with women who has been gone through any kind of whether it's sexual abuse, trafficking, and any kind of issues that they have. So we do these groups, and that's part of the 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 Beyond Intern of uh, the Beyond uh, Ministry.
0: Lead worship. So the ministry was new to me. I came in to help lead worship for the conferences, but I was able to sit on some of the training. I actually went on the, on the trip sick. I got really sick before I went, but I just didn't want to miss it. And God did some profound. Some profound things in that trip, but to see the way that you girls, Sue Willis, who's been on the podcast, is the founder and director of a Time to Heal and Beyond Survival uh, International Ministries, and so to see the work that you are doing with these women and how you are bringing hope and healing, and it's not just in that setting. You do that in a number of ways, which we're going to talk about, but. Some of this passion, I think, was probably birthed in you and through you, Sione, because of what you have been through. And you talk about your story in your autobiography, three times sold, which people can get on Amazon. And I would love for you, I know that they can find out more details in the book, but tell us a little bit about your story, why this is so passionate for you to now use your voice to champion those that are survivors of trafficking and human rights violations.
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> so, I was born in Bombay, India, and we immigrated to Costa Rica at the age of five years old. And uh, when I've got to Costa Rica, um, if I look back, I know that my years—it was uh, my my early years—it was made by confusion. I was in a in a very—I grew up in a very dysfunctional family where it was a lot of abuse, violence. Fear poverty and um, um, I was still at the age of nine years old um, my mother had brought me to a city and left me at the brothel um, by that time she left me in the house and in my mind I think she was coming back for me and I find out there really were was expecting and there for me it was a shoemaker, a grown man. So um, that was the first time I was sold. So I, you know, I know I look back and I say, you know what? I didn't even know anything of this, but I know God has, has a purpose in my life that time because I was able to escape. And then, um, so I went back home. I stayed with my mom for a couple more years at the age of 13. She takes me back to the city. She sold me for the second time. I would stay in that house for three years. Um, that's when I find out that I was sold for the second time. So I was able to escape again. Three years later, um, I got back to my home. And that's when my mother saw me for the third time with an American name who eventually he purchased me. He left me in Costa Rica. He came to the United States. He used to come to visit me during that time. I got pregnant for two children. And eventually, four years later, I was able to come to the United States. But during that time, from the age of 16 to the age of almost 21 when I came to America. So since I, my mother didn't take me to the brothel again, because she knew I was going to be able to escape. So she just uh, kind of bring the customers to her house. And they kind of, if I can say, she had, she brought a brothel to my home. So. The abuse continued until I was almost 21, and I was able to come to America. I mean, and you share it, and, and it's your story, but for
0: us to hear that, Sioni, it's it's a lot to take in. I mean, I see you. You're this radiant, amazing, extraordinary woman with with the best sense of humor. We laughed and laughed and laughed in Romania, and so I look at you now, and I would never I w- it's hard for me to even get my head around that that is your story because I what I see is this beautiful reflection of the glory of God. So what I want to know and what I'm sure our listeners want to know, when you moved to America, what happened in your life that eventually now you are this really just pillar of faith for Jesus Christ? Walk us through that season.
1: So came to america and of course in my mind i thought i was gonna things was gonna change but it didn't six months later the man who purchased me left me with um six months old baby and year and a half little uh, girl mm. and at that time i didn't know what to do i just uh, I did exactly where I was accustomed to do. I started prostituting myself because I didn't know how to speak the language. I didn't have any family members. I didn't have no family support, no friends, no one. And then um, then I realized that I need to start changing my life because I want the best for my children. I didn't want exactly what I can to give them what I left. So um, I started visiting the church and um and then, of course, the woman who was well, the church, they started, you know, seeing bruises in my, because I actually, even this man left me, I let him to come back multiple times mm. because, it, you know, he thought I, he was going to change. He's going to do different things for me. And, and the physical, mentally abuse, it was so, like, so much. But I was, I, I was just accustomed to that, that I just was okay with that. Mm. So finally I decided to leave him and I started visiting the church and a woman asked me, you know, why is all these bruises? And of course in my mind, I didn't want to tell anybody because I don't want to, I didn't want to share that part of my life. Mm. And, um, and then eventually the pastor said, you know, I, you know, I want to pray for someone who is going through something. And I just know in my heart that I need to be clean to God. Mm-hmm. And I went and prayed for me. And then I decided to not be the doormat, uh, this man. So I left him for good. And then my life started changing. I started getting more close to the Lord. Now, remember, I didn't share that, but I came to the Lord when I was 12 years old. Doing mm-hmm. in that in that um, abuse home that I was in. Because um, when I came to Costa Rica, uh, my mother brought a man to the house. And this man was sexually abusing me since I was five years old. And then she brought another man who would call my half brother, who was also sexually abusing me. So it was two men sexually abusing me. Oh, I mean, in a daily basic. Hmm. Um, So when I went to this, this church that I met Jesus for the first time at the age of 12, I came to the Lord, but I didn't know much about it because I mean, I was so young. And, um, and of course, a year later, I was find myself sold for the second time, but doing living in this brothel for three years, I knew that God was going to take me out of that place. Hmm. I, I remember the woman sitting there was telling me, you know, um, you know, use drugs, get, you know, just to cope the pain, just, you know, do something. And I used to tell them, I don't want to use drugs. I know God is going to take me out of this place. And they used to tell me, "What are you talking about? How can guys gonna take you out of this place? Look at where we are." But deep inside me, I knew that something is gonna change in my life. I wasn't sure exactly how, but I was never mad about God. Never, I never blamed God for the things that was happening to me because deep inside me, and now in my, you know, in my. In my age, you know, all these years, I know God was not the author of anything that was happened to me because He came, He loves me. Um, so eventually, you know, I got close to the Lord when I came to America, and and then in two thousand three, I have to, I got a phone call from uh, the brother who was sexually abusing me, and told me my mom, mom is dying. Mm. And so I haven't got back to Costa Rica all those years. And in my mind, I said, you know what? I had chose to forgive these people, but yeah, I had never really have it, you know, talk to them and told them, you know, I have chose to forgive you. That transaction was not happening because I had, I haven't wanted to go back to that country. And eventually when my brother said, you know, mom is dying immediately, I know that I need to do the right thing. It was to go to pay the respect because she was going to die yeah. and sure enough. I flew out. The call was on Wednesday. I flew out Friday. I was already in the same and in, in the hospital. And I remember when I walked to the hospital, the first thing I saw was my father. Yeah. Deep inside, my father saw everything. He was an alcoholic and uh, now in my in my, if I can say, in my grown-up age, now I realized that my father was just victim like I was, mm. but he he come the pain with the alcohol, and then I remember when I walk in there, in my mind I said, you know what, Daddy, you was not there for me. You shouldn't be there helping me because he was a lot of he was part of the all physical abuse that happens to me because they both abused me so deeply, um. Um, and then, so I, okay, so my father said, go, go see, um, you know, your mom because she's dying. Hmm. So when I got to the, to the room, she was in an ICU room with the, um, with the life support. And I remember Angela, when I grabbed her hands, the only thing in my heart was like, I said, mom, I love you. I want to forgive you i chose to forgive you i love you i want you in my life i want you be part of my children's life mm. and i remember she started jumping out of the bed it was so scary but something like it's something of me it was the boldness of me wants to just bring her back mm. and i remember that when she started jumping the doctor ran into and he said, keep talking to you. your mom's coming back. Your mom, your mom is coming back. And then I was like, you know, mom, I love you. I forgive you. I forgive you for everything you did to me. And um, and then finally, um I stay um in the hospital, close to the hospital for a month, and every day. So eight, so they took the life support of her because she was able to breathe in her own. Wow. So I yeah I'm just just got it so good Mm. so I stayed by um by the hospital a month and every day I used to go clean her feed her Mm. do everything the nurse would do and when she was able to start you know I remember I used to tell her mom if you can hear me switch my fingers and she used to you know, grab my fingers and I still mm-hmm. feel like it was life coming back. And then I remember uh, uh, three weeks into she was able to sit, she was able to eat, she was able to talk. And I remember she looked at me one day with tears in her eyes and she said, how can you be so good to me when I was such a bad mother to you? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I look at her and I say, mom, because Christ have forgiven me who i am not to forgive you. Mm. Mm. And then a month later i was able to walk out of the hospital in the wheelchair rolling her out of the wheelchair brought her home and then i came back to united states and that was in um uh, that was in march
0: 2003. Wow. Wow. I want to i want to ask about a couple of things you said. Did you lead her to the lord is she still
1: living? So In 2003, I was able to meet the man of my life. And I'm going to answer that question. Yeah, because the best thing it comes. So
0: uh, let me let me pause, because before we get to that ending of that, for people that are listening, Sioni, maybe they can't understand why a mom would sell their child. It happens all over the world all the time, but it's still very hard for us to maybe understand why. Can you help clarify that for us? Would you say in your situation, it's poverty driven? I'm sure there are a number of factors, but for someone who's not understanding how this could have happened, maybe, maybe explain that for us just a little bit.
1: So the only thing I can think is, yeah, it was poverty. Yes. Yeah. But I also think that if I look back and I'm not saying that what she did was right, but my mother came from a very abused home also. Okay. Okay. And I think it was a repeating thing that she was not able to break that change or abuse. And what she did is she passed it over to her daughter's life. And that's what I think is could happen, you yeah. know,
0: which we can all do in a myriad of ways. We don't we don't conquer that. We don't know any more than that. That's been our experience. And without the love of Jesus to, to radically transform, we will just kind of repeat some of those patterns. All of your story is so impacting to me, Sioni, but maybe I'm most impacted by the fact that you were able to sit with your mom. So many people could have said, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to see her. I'm not going to go back to Costa Rica. I'm bitter. I'm angry. And you were... You had a right to feel so many of those things. And yet when we think we have a right to something that we don't surrender it to the Lord, you made a very interesting statement. You said, I know God wasn't the author of this. I wasn't angry and bitter toward God. So even as a younger child going through such horrors, you were able to see God in a lens that so many people still struggle to see him. And so that lens carried you through being able to then eventually forgive your mom. So powerful for us that have feel like we've been so wronged in life for people that are listening, who feel so hurt. Maybe you can understand, and this story resonates with you. You're listening, and perhaps you've been a victim of domestic violence, sexual abuse. Sioni is such a... She's such a testament of the redemptive power of grace. And Sioni, I think if you had not chosen forgiveness, I don't know that your story, your life would look the way it looks now, but your choice to say yes to God shifted the trajectory of your life. So tell us what happened. You come back to America. Now it's 2003. Your mom has left in a wheelchair when she was on life support. You literally brought her back to life. You come back to the U S Share this with us because this really is just the most beautiful ending to your story.
1: Yes, it's beautiful. So I met the I I made the man of my life, my gift, my boas, my redeemer. <laughs> so he was on his way to Iraq, um, a soldier. And yeah. um and um so we got married. So mm. we decided to spend our honeymoon in Costa Rica meet our parents. Mm-hmm. He wants to be my parents. And actually, my husband is the one who leads my parents to the Lord. So oh. my mother was able to accept uh, Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Uh, she passed away in 2014. Wow. My daddy also passed away. But I know that I'm going to see them one oh. day.
0: And if you had not gone back to Costa Rica, that would never have been able to happen. And there are people listening who need God is in, God is calling you in this conversation to go back and have a moment that he is going to redeem. Now, sometimes we can't get those moments. The person has gone on or there's no chance for reconciliation. We understand that. But if God asks you, if, if, and in this case, Sione, they called you and said, listen, we want you to come. You were able to bring hope and healing into that situation. What do you think about that? How do you feel like that act of obedience changed your life moving forward?
1: I definitely, um, I definitely is, um, I'm glad that I did that. Mm. Um, I'm glad I was able to, to chose to go and be able to forgive. I'm, mm. I'm telling you, Angela, when I was at the cemetery, it was men who had been who has been hurt me when I was younger mm. doing those four years that I was waiting for uh, this man to bring me in America and I looked them and in my mind I would say I had chose to forgive you I had chose to forgive you and then the, my brother I remember he holds me so tight and he was crying and he said sioni forgive me forgive me and I looked at his eyes and I said brother I had chose to forgive you I love you uh-huh. I of you. Wow. And it was just such a beautiful moment. I feel that day that something has come off in my back. It was such a release. And yeah, and sometimes, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that because yes, sometimes we have the, we need to, to choose to forgive. Even sometimes we might say, you know what, that person is dead. And i and sometimes we can say, you know what, is that person is dead and I'm never going to forgive that person. It really is not, you're not hurting that person, you're hurting yourself. That's true. That's good. We don't choose to forgive. We tie that person around our soul and everywhere we go, we're going to bring that person with us. Mm. And it's so important to just to, for you to, if there's anybody out there that it has a hard time, or maybe that person who hurt is already dead or even move out of the country or even out of the city, you're never going to see that person again. Mm-hmm. You must choose to say, you know what? i never going to see you. I'm never going to expect you to cho- to come and ask me to forgive, but I, t- I want to choose to forgive. Mm-hmm. Because when we don't forgive, we build a wall between God and ourselves. And I believe that if we want to be served and we want to be used by the Lord, the wall has to come down.
0: Mm-hmm. So powerful. that That is so powerful. If you're listening to this right now, you can just sense that that was a word from the Lord for so many of us. It can be so difficult. And we think, well, if I forgive, it means it didn't happen or we are, we're minimizing it. That's not what Sione is saying. She's being very honest about everything. She's not sugarcoating it. She's not hiding anything. She's just saying, I'm going to refuse to allow it to be, as you said, tied around my soul and me to be taken down by it. And that if we will allow God to work in those places in our own life, even if the person never speaks to you again, you can't have an opportunity. Forgiveness doesn't mean always reconciliation. Sometimes it does, but we can choose to forgive whether or not there is reconciliation. And that is releasing the person from the debt they owe you and letting God cancel that debt And as Sioni said, if I have been forgiven, how can I not forgive? That picture of grace, Sioni, is so evident in your life. And now you've gone on not only to write your story in three times sold, then another book that you've written, and it's really about the work that you've done working with those that are incarcerated, rebuilding what was destroyed You're a chaplain, you're an active coordinator with the angel tree program, and that reaches out with the love of Christ to children and families that are incarcerated. So why has this become such a passion of yours?
1: It is uh, because actually in uh, my daughter, um, in 2000, in 2007, my daughter was, went to prison Hmm. and, um. And what God did in her, in the prison, changed her life forever. Wow. And it was the wrong choices they make. You know, I'm not going to say, you know, the wrong choices that she made, the wrong places that she went and the wrong people she started hanging around with. Yeah. But what God did in the prison, it was just so powerful. And she was able to come out. Um, I see how God is working in her life, how God is, do- is doing things. So in 2014, I always say, you know what, I'm going to... T- I'm going to take back what the devil always wanted to take out from me. Mm. And the devil wanted to destroy my life when I was a young girl. And that's why now I speak and talk about people, what God is doing in my life. And the same thing with the prison. Mm. God, you know, the devil wants to destroy me because he wants to take my kids also. And uh, so in 2014, as we start going to the prisons, I go to the prisons, speak life to the women and told them that God has a purpose in their life. And and I believe in change. I believe that people can change yeah. when we put God first in our situations in our life. And I see it. And that's what the book is all about. The book is about testimonies of the women when they come out of the prison, what God is doing in their lives. Mm. You know, so that's where I have so much passion for that.
0: <laughs> it's so powerful. I love that you have taken what the enemy has tried to use for evil and you have it is literally the epitome of that verse that what the enemy meant for evil, you are using for good. God intended it for good and for the saving of many lives. That's exactly what's happening. And you could have, your story could have ended very differently. You could have chosen to be a bitter person and, and, and we, we, would understand that, but instead You chose surrender and God has been able to use you. And God wants to use every one of us. He's no respecter of persons. It's just Sionia said, yes, she believed as a child that God loved her and that he was going to get her out of there. And he did. And she believes now that God has a plan and purpose, not only for those that are incarcerated, those that are survivors of trafficking, but every one of us listening, maybe some part of this, you know, this podcast is heard in 130 countries and perhaps some part of this story deeply resonates with your life and where you're at, you're going to want to get a copy of both of her books. They're on Amazon available for you. Her autobiography is three times sold. And then her book that talks about the stories of these women in the prison, rebuilding what was destroyed, stories of faith, stories of survival and stories of forgiveness. Sione, you're such an inspiration. Not only are you a friend and I just love you and think the world of you, but you, you're such an inspiration to me, the way that you have chosen to just continue to make your life matter for the kingdom. You, you are resilient. You are brave and you are radiant. You literally radiate the love of God. It comes off of you. And it's, I'm truly honored and blessed that I know you. You're one of the people in my life that I feel blessed that I have had the privilege to meet you and know you because you light up a room and I can't imagine the light that you bring into the prisons because I just know the light that you've brought into my life. And so I want to thank you for your yes. I want to thank you for the way you let God use you. And, and is there anything else you want to share before you pray over our listeners tonight?
1: Well, I just want to say that, you know, God, God had called us for such things as this. And I believe that, you know, that yes, uh, forgiveness equals freedom. And that's what we want. We want to be free. We want it, We want to be able to be used by the Lord.
0: That's right. That's right. And forgiving ourselves. Somebody listening needs to forgive themselves. It's forgiving others. It's also forgiving yourself to say I've made bad choices or I don't know how I ended up where I am but grace is there for you. All you have to do is ask and just say, God, forgive me and give me the grace to forgive others. And forgiveness equals freedom. What a powerful reminder for us. Sione, thank you so much. Thank you for lending your voice to the podcast. What a blessing you are to so many. And I'd love for you to pray over us, especially those who maybe are are struggling with needing to move toward forgiveness tonight, that God would give them the grace.
1: Father God, we we'll, we'll just come to you, Lord. We just give a thank you, Lord, for all the goodness. Lord Father God, we pray for every woman who is listening to us this evening. Lord Father God, I pray for all the women that are coming from different ways and lives, Lord Father God. We pray for forgiveness, Lord Father God. We pray for for to just to be able to forgive, Lord Father God. We want to be free. We want to be able to serve you, Lord Father God, in such an amazing way, Lord Father God. I pray for everyone, even the women who are just walking in the healing, Lord Father God. Um, I ask right now in the name of Jesus and your precious name, amen, amen.
0: Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at angeladenadiovov, and Instagram at angeladenadio. Until next week, let's make life matter.